0: Welcome to The Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed his love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us his word through which he continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible right here, right now on The Eternal Connection.
1: Cool. And once again, you are eternally connected for the 200th time. Wow. Can you believe that? That is a lot. <laughs> live. Yeah, we have well, a live studio. Live. Well, yeah, those aren't sound effects. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we, we still haven't figured that out yet on our <laughs> fancy machine. Um, but yeah, we got a live studio audience. We're here at St. Mark Lutheran Church where uh, I pastor and uh, who sponsors this program. So thank you to all of you that have... Uh, come out this evening to enjoy some food some fellowship and uh, faith really that's the whole reason that we're here is to celebrate our lord and savior jesus christ and the faith that we have received to believe and be saved from sin death and the devil and that is the hope that we have and that we talk about every single episode here uh from day one which was a very different day for this program when we first started
0: out uh it was a lot more
2: boring i think yeah, in in yeah. ways, because we didn't have
0: Jason over Yeah, there. I mean, I wasn't here for day that's one, right. but I had an awesome day one for my day one. Well, that's,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, cool. and you've you've come a long way, I think, since that first conversation, Jay.
0: Yeah, so if you uh, want to listen, or if you, no one knows, I joined on episode 33, so you could listen to day one for these guys and day one for me, but it's been great and very appreciative. Wow, that was quick. That was only 32 episodes before he came on.
2: <laughs> we needed something.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do remember us sitting around saying, this isn't going to be very popular. This isn't going to work very well. And that's really when the show became conversational. We started off with uh, really just preaching the sermon I had preached the previous weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when Jason came aboard, well, a little bit before that, we started talking more uh, than just preaching through the microphone.
2: Well, Um, I was terrified for the
1: first 32 episodes at least. (laughs) I'll never forget the first time. So the show started usually with me praying um, and Chip mainly working the soundboard. And, uh, this was intentional on my part, uh, cause I knew he was terrified and I'll never forget we were in the studio and the very first time I turned to him and I said, Chip, why don't you pray for us today? <laughs> and the, the eyes and the, the white face. Yeah.
2: It was a silent
1: prayer. <laughs> They call that unspoken, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. The the Holy Spirit groaned for me. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, we're just thrilled to be here uh, that the Lord gives us the opportunity to share His word and His truth and His good news, uh, even through three. Broken, sinful guys that sit around and are still trying to figure a lot of this out ourselves, living day to day with the Lord and in his grace and in his forgiveness. Uh, Our plan for today is uh, maybe have some questions.
2: Yep, we've got three uh, listener
1: questions. uh, Listener questions content-wise, but um, maybe if there are any other questions about the show, about its history, where it's going, how it's put together, uh, and then um, probably get into Galatians 3 a little bit. And if we happen to get two episodes worth of content out of
2: this, that'll only be a little bit better. Yeah. So, uh, Chip, why don't you pray for us, okay. and then we're going to get started. Okay. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus through this radio program, and for those who gather together uh, around us to listen and celebrate with hearts prepared by you to receive its blessings. As Luther wrote, this blessing is something to boast of, for we hear that our sins are forgiven and that we have been accepted by God that God is our father and that we are his children from whom he does not want to be wrathful, but whom he wants to liberate from sin, death and all evil and to whom he wants to grant righteousness, life and his kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering your good news of this blessing, even through this radio show. Amen. 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 So we'll open it up here first. Does anybody uh, just have a
1: question in general that they'd like to ask about the radio program? Um, the show itself. Okay. Lori, right, right into the microphone, right, into the mic. now, right up
2: close. There we go. I have two questions. One is why did the radio get started in the first place? How did you come up with the plan to even start it? Uh, secondly, how far out have you heard from people? Has it been, you know, from States away or where all does the radio program go to?
1: Mm. Two great questions. Yeah. Um, the, the program started not really with any idea of my own or anybody sitting up here. Um, Jack Swanda, who's a DJ uh, at Boomer Radio, um, he, uh, he brought to us the fact that Boomer was starting a series called Boomer Goes to Church and said, maybe we can consider this as an outreach. Um, it was rather inexpensive because they were just kicking this off, so it wasn't a huge burden. Uh, it was a perfect time for us to try and maybe try something new and it was just uh 28 minutes uh once a sunday along with some other local churches Uh, and the beautiful thing is boomer was not a christian is not a christian radio station they just play boomers music and i thought it was commendable that they they want to reach that part of their community also um and they like the show. Um, I We like doing it. I think for the first year, that's what kept us going. <laughs> we didn't really get much feedback. Um, uh, but that's how it got started. And then we uh, we moved to KCRO, and then BOT actually sought us out uh, last year. Uh, and then the second uh, question Lori asked, uh, how did it get started? And, oh, how far out? Uh, I think the farthest in the United States that we have heard someone uh is Florida um I know there's um Tim actually has a question and um uh, I've talked to Tim before and he he leads a group in Colorado uh I think it's more like a Bible study group uh that listens to the show regularly so that and that's been one of the uh very difficult parts of doing the show is it's v- near impossible in radio without paying a ton of money and doing a lot of extra work to really get a feel of who your listenership is. You got to put promos out there, you know, call in this number, we'll give you a free t-shirt if you're the 10th caller. That's why they do all those things is because it's notoriously difficult to find out how many people are listening, who's listening. So you rely on
2: questions and comments and that type that's why we're things. always begging for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um but we also have some listeners that we know about uh some men uh who happened to be recently ordained as pastors in africa oh yes uh we've mm-hmm. got a couple of friends actually
1: that that, that uh, is you're right that is the farthest away and that happened within gosh within the first year right um we were um on our Facebook page uh two seminarians from Uganda mm-hmm. reach out to us and they sent us a video of of all these children uh, in, in a Ugandan school, sitting and listening to the Eternal Connection radio program. Um, and that was just, I mean, Bagalana, Isaac, and Bagalana, we still talk to them. Right. Tamale Grace. Um, Tamale, and, and they, they still listen to the program. So thank you, because that was a completely wrong answer. Florida's not the farthest away. Well, you, you did. <laughs> Uganda's
2: a little bit farther away stay, than Florida. <laughs> you did stay in the U.S., so you're good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Bagalana and, and Tamale and, and all the Ugandan ch- children that are listening out there. So. Great questions. Other question someone had.
0: Yeah. I was just wondering how Jason got involved. Well, excuse me. I'm happy to share a little bit about that. So Chip and I have been longtime friends, probably a decade, Mm -hmm. through uh, business originally. And we just connected as friends. And then throughout that relationship as friends, uh, Chip invited me to a church I think you bought me somewhere north of 25 variations of Bibles. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not the best reader, so he would bring me small books, large books, chapters at a time. Picture and, books. And so he was he was just, you know, really passionate about God, and, and I had no connection to God at the time. And uh, one day he says, you know, I switched churches, and I, you need to come to breakfast with me and, and meet, you know, a pastor. And, and this was... When I first met Pastor Jay at Jimmy's Eggs mm-hmm. yep. right by Children's Hospital on Dodge Street, and it was a pretty memorable morning. Maybe not for Pastor, but <laughs> but for me. And we sat down. What did we used to meet at six or seven a.m. when they yep. first opened? And I felt like we didn't leave that breakfast until close to lunch. Pastor was <laughs> ready. He's like, "I gotta go. I got you know not not to say that he had to go, but we had talked for hours and. And, and it was the most amazing conversation. And, and from that point forward, you know, they introduced the show sometime later and, and, and I came on at episode 33 and shared my story. But that's how I met uh, these guys. Yeah. And
1: through those conversations, and, and if you're a regular listener to the show, I don't have to tell you this, um, especially if you're an established Christian in the church. Jason is such a breath of fresh air uh, because number one, you're, he's just a Honest guy. I mean, he's going to tell you what's on his brain, <laughs> for better or for worse, <laughs> which is why we edit, right, Jason? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we soon realized, I, I realized in talking with him, like after 15 years, or at that point, maybe more like 13, you're a pastor, you're entrenched in this, you have a certain way of approaching the faith and thinking about it. You kind of get this tunnel vision, and Jason would ask questions that would just kind of make me look at the text differently in a way that I would not otherwise. And that's what he brings to the show every single week. Um, and so we thought he we thought he was an atheist because those are the titles of, of um, episode 33 and 34, Conversation with an Atheist. And we thought he'd be willing to sit down and ask the questions because a lot of times people that are atheists uh, with all love and due and respect, they're, they're kind of aggressive or defensive and, and Jason just wasn't that way. And so we thought, let's take the opportunity to to just have an honest dialogue. Um, And then the rest is history. Yeah, never stopped. Yeah. Which I guess was his plan. 100%. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Other questions? Evan, come on up to the hot seat.
3: This is new. Never been on the radio. Oh, well, welcome. Um, Okay, so I have a question about water baptism, like submersion, right, which is like an adult kind of willful experience, versus the validity of like, well, I was sprinkled when I was, you know, a baby. Mm -hmm. And so I'm certainly not here to make some sort of authoritative pronouncement on Mm -hmm. that, but I do kind of have a couple thoughts and then I want your thoughts. Okay. okay. So willful, meaning adult, you decide to like, you know what, I'm going to do this because I understand what it means and I'm going to be submerged, and it's symbolic to me because I'm putting off, and it helps me separate, right? Versus, I don't know, I was, how old are babies when they get water sprinkled, generally?
1: Uh, Not that long ago, pastors would go to the hospital.
3: Okay, so very fresh. Um, They're not involved in that decision, right? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So it has to be willful because salvation is willful. I would be curious to hear your thoughts on like, if we could do anything to get close to God on our own, wouldn't he have like made it specific, like you need to do this also?
1: Yeah. Um, salvation is either the work of God or it is the work of man. Um, those are your options. Correct. Okay, so when 1 Corinthians 12 says that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. okay, if you take those words for just what they are, mm-hmm. which is what we should do, that means I cannot make the confession that Jesus is my Lord by myself. I can't make that by my own understanding. It is not a decision I make because I've come to an intellectual precipice and an achievement of understanding of God and how he works. Correct. And so I'm not getting baptized to show everybody my my faithfulness because the reality is I'm not faithful because as soon as I stand up and I say, I've made a decision for Jesus today— I I will promise you, whether you want to admit it or not, within 24 hours, you're going to make a decision against Jesus. You're going to choose to sin. Correct. So our salvation cannot be based, nor the strength or hope of our salvation cannot reside in me drowning the old Adam, because Mm -hmm. I will never drown him to death. No. I will never. And this is the Apostle Paul in Romans 7. uh, The Apostle Paul, by the way, who says... All the bad stuff I know I'm not supposed to do, for some reason, that's what they I keep, keep on doing, doing. And all the good stuff I know I'm supposed to do, I never do that stuff. Wretched man that I am, mm-hmm. who will save me from this body of death? Yes. Thanks be to Jesus Christ our Correct. Lord. This, this is why we we hammer this topic so much because if if you're putting the hope of your salvation in the strength of your faith or in your intellect or in your baptism, mm-hmm. then you have... No hope. I totally agree. The the, the hope is that when Jesus says, You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you become like this little child, Mm -hmm. what he's telling these grown men is, Stop thinking you're saved because of you. And the word he uses there is Mm padeon in Greek, which means infant, Mm -hmm. right? So, unless I become like an infant, what can an infant do for itself? Nothing. Nothing. So, that's why we baptize infants. And and it's not the amount of water that matters. Um, We can submerge, we can sprinkle. Uh, If you put your hope in water, you have no hope. The hope is in the promise associated with that water and because that's what God said. So uh, a child being baptized is Uh saved. Can that child still grow up and reject that faith? Sure, no different than if I baptized a 30-year-old. They can reject right. that a year later. Um, so yeah, my reaction to that <coughs> is that um, there's a dangerous amount of eyes and my's in the approach that you talked about when it comes to baptism. My hope when I was baptized as an infant is what God did in it to inform mm-hmm. me. And I wasn't asking I that
3: for my own purposes, sure. frankly. Yeah, well, thanks, Evan. We, yeah, appreciate, we appreciate the question.
1: Appreciate Thank
3: you, guys. Uh, you got it. Thank you.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's a, an, an important thing uh, to recognize is that where you believe the source of your faith and salvation comes from does actually have an effect not only on your life now, but on your eternal salvation. Uh, because it will, it will determine where you put your hope and trust when the sky starts falling, right? Uh, when you're ripped to parts in, in your chest, in your mind because of your own sin, and you're face-to-face with your own guilt, what's your hope in that moment? Your hope's not in anything about you. Your hope is in what was done for you and what was given to you. And I can I can say, I know I'm saved because of what God did to me, not what I did for God. And that's the hope of the gospel. All right, let's fire away with uh, our first question from online.
2: Okay, uh, Tim asks, we say we have faith in our team and faith in chairs we sit on, and faith in ourselves. Ephesians 2 tells that faith is a gift from God. Is the first faith inherent in man and then the second one imputed to us by God, is there a different name used for this kind of faith in the Bible?
1: Words, right? Words are so important, and especially in our day and age. I don't think we think enough about the words we use before we use them. And, and I think that's at the heart of Tim's question. We say we put faith in a team. We say we put faith in a chair by, by sitting on it and trusting it's going to hold us up. Um, is, is that the same thing as faith in the Bible? And I would say yes and no. My faith is not my hope. It's my faith in somebody else, right? Yeah. Faith is only as strong as its object. They're not using special words for this in the scripture. What makes the word special is who you're putting your faith in and for what purpose right? So I can put my faith in a chair to sin on it. um, But, but that's not really the topic of scripture. The topic of scripture is your eternal soul, your eternal salvation. Um, And that's not going to come from your faith. That's a gift to you. And he's right in quoting Ephesians two, that faith is a gift, but that faith is not mine. And I'm not saved because I believe enough or the quality or quantity of my faith has reached uh, an apex. I'm saved because I put my faith in Jesus. I trust him, his goodness for me, his death for me, his resurrection for me. It's, it's what Luther would call alien righteousness. It's outside of myself. This whole thing of salvation comes to me, not through me. And so, yes, that is, that's certainly an astute observation by Tim. We, we put our faith in Christ, not
2: in our faith. Awesome. Well, thanks, Tim. Great question. Thanks, Tim. Okay, our next question comes from Marge. Uh, Pastor Jay, my friends asked me a couple of questions as we hike through the woodland trails with our dogs. I was hoping you could give me some answers to help them understand. Some people have challenged them that they can abuse or destroy the environment all they want because God gave humans the world to do anything they want with. As someone who taught environmental science, I don't agree with that. They asked me, where in the Bible does it say anything about this subject? Help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I can't quote it, but I remember in Genesis, God said, Go. Uh, what is the word, Pastor? Dominion. Subdue the earth, yep. fill it, have dominion over it. Yeah, and I yeah. don't know that it means do anything, but I mean, I didn't take it that way, that you could just do whatever.
1: But. Yeah, uh, again. It, It's kind of like the Trinity, right? No, nowhere in the Bible are you going to find the word Trinity, but that doesn't mean that's not taught. So just because the Bible never says, Hey, don't abuse the good things God gives you (laughs) doesn't mean now all of a sudden that's okay to do. Um, He does say, I've made you in my image and I've given you dominion over this planet. Meaning you're ruling it on my behalf how I made it is how I expect you to uphold it. And I didn't make it with tornadoes. I didn't make it with hurricanes. I didn't make it with earthquakes and I didn't make it with sickness and disease. We brought that through our sin. And I think that the, the answer to her question as far as where does it say we're, we're not supposed to just abuse the planet, uh, I would go first to Romans chapter eight. Um, where Paul says the whole creation is moaning and groaning, waiting for the deliverance of mankind. Um, This comes from Isaiah 24, actually, is what he's calling back on, that our sin did not just infect or destroy ourselves. It destroyed everything put within our domain. The fact that the scriptures associate the moaning and groaning of the planet with our sin tells you everything you need to know in response to that question there there shouldn't be moaning and groaning the creation itself wants to be delivered from our sin and so we anything bad happening is our fault and so we shouldn't willfully propagate that even further right (laughs) um i think this has a little bit of also some dare i say political overtones right Um, When it comes to the whole idea of, uh, and we were just talking about this at our meal beforehand, Um, climate change uh, used to be known as global warming, used to be known as global cooling. We, We presume way too much about ourselves as humans when we think that we can destroy God's creation ourselves, right? And he's ultimately in control. That truth, hitting at Marge's question, is not an excuse for us to abuse it. Right. right? If anything, knowing it's God's creation and knowing that he's our God should cause us to be good stewards of it. But he didn't say just preserve the earth. No, he said, subdue it and use it. So it's both of the things at the same time. We shouldn't be afraid to use the earth's resources, but we should use them responsibly. So yeah, I I would say Romans 8, March um, shows that we are responsible for the bad things in creation and therefore we should, we shouldn't make that worse. Um, I think you can also look to Romans one where it says creation reveals the invisible attributes of God. Um, and, and that is why we should cherish it because God reveals himself through it.
2: Good. Okay. Uh, we got a third question. Uh, Travis uh, writes in and says, Pastor Jay, my daughter asked about the gates of hell mentioned in Matthew sixteen thirteen through 20. <laughs> and this was my response. Jesus is probably standing near the pagan temples of Caesarea Philippi. Uh, I'll let you say that. <laughs> uh, when, he, when he asked his disciples, uh, who do you say that I am? And Peter uh, boldly replied, then you are the son of the living God. Jesus continued, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I explained that that place that I can't say was a pagan city and Jesus was presenting a clear challenge with his word that he didn't want his followers hiding from evil. And he wanted them to storm the gates of hell was the context context of my explanation adequate. And can you elaborate any more on this subject?
1: Yeah. um, And the city that you're having trouble pronouncing is Caesarea Philippi. Thank you. Um, And in Matthew 16, Uh, we're given anytime in scripture, the author seems to go out of their way to tell you where Jesus is at. There's, there's something about him being in that place uh, that they want you to at least take note of. And in Matthew 16, we really get the first confession of Christ as the son of God, a true faithful confession from Peter. When Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And going back to this conversation of faith, what does Jesus say next? Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which is a very interesting reference because he's calling on Simon's humanity. Simon, son of John. Remember, he renamed Simon Peter. So he's calling to attention to Peter his mortalness, his sinfulness. He's saying, blessed are you because you couldn't have known that on your own. You couldn't have made that confession that I'm the Christ, the son of the living God that was revealed to you by God, my father. And then, and then he goes, it's on this rock, meaning the confession that Peter just made that confession of Jesus, that Jesus says the gates of
0: hell won't prevail against the church. I've I got interrupted just because I have to ask, are there, I mean, gates (laughs) of hell or is it, uh, you know, a description.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of metaphorical language, right? To, 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 to get you to envision a spiritual reality in, in a way we can understand. The, the key to Travis's question is, gates don't attack anybody, right? So when we hear Jesus say, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, we often think of the church being assaulted. That's the picture we get in our head. But gates don't attack so how are the gates of hell going to prevail against the church? Only if the church goes on the offensive. Jesus is talking about to his disciples, this confession is what you're going to bring into the world. You're going to storm the gates of hell with it, and it's it's going to win. right? And to his point about context in Caesarea Philippi, Um, that was really what a lot of scholars refer to as the frontier of paganism. It was the outskirts of Rome. It was the outskirts of Hellenistic culture. It was a center of pagan worship for the god Pan in the Greek pantheon. um, And it had a lot of not-so-nice practices that came along with it. And so it's, it's fascinating that it's in Caesarea Philippi where this first confession of faith is made in Jesus that there, in the midst of hell, in the midst of paganism, this confession comes out of Peter. And Jesus says, that didn't come from you. That came from my father. And the gates of hell are not gonna stand against it because it comes from him. Not because Peter's faith is so great. Remember, Peter's the one that said, I'll never deny you, Lord and then proceeds to deny him three times. No, that confession itself, hell cannot contend with. And so yes, the context of Caesarea Philippi and what was going on there as far as pagan worship and the kind of city it was, it is significant uh, that that that's where Jesus makes that proclamation.
2: Well, and I've never thought of it this way, but it's, we're all born inside the gates of hell because we're sinners that's mm-hmm. where we're destined to stay
1: as long as we understand that cell hell is separation from god right so in that sense right being born in hell is being born as isaiah would say ignorant of god
2: enemies of god yeah yep. enemies of god you yeah. yep and it takes the church it takes the gospel yeah to break through for each each of us and it will
1: huh? yeah well, Chip, I, wh- where are we at time-wise here for this? Uh... Uh,
2: it looks like we're at
1: 39 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to uh, be back with you on the air next week. Hopefully, you can pull up a chair with us again then and be eternally eternally connected as we uh, now make our way into Galatians chapter 3. I think we're going to pick up next week in verse 4 or 5, right? Yep. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Okay. God thank bless you.
0: you.